0: Welcome, everybody. This is a big one. We got a great show here today. It's a quadruple crossover show with myself and three other podcasters. So please do us a favor and subscribe to all of our YouTube channels. I put them below in the show notes, and uh, you're going to get tons of great content from all of us. And check out some of the old shows as well. If you haven't watched every single one of our old shows, then you got some homework to do. And uh, there's definitely something for everyone between the four of us, so lots of great interviews, Uh, Between the four of us. Great stuff. So now in today's episode, we're going to talk about the entire year of rock in 2021. It's been a crazy year, maybe not as bad as 2020, but a lot of crazy stuff happened and uh, we obviously didn't get to everything. Uh, But we did talk about some of the major news stories in rock music and we give our top albums, songs, concerts and interviews of the year. And we even talk about what we have to look forward to for 2022. Um, If we missed anything, feel free to let us know in the comments and uh, you know we'll probably feel bad about that, but uh, I'm sure there's only so much we can squeeze into an hour and a half. Um, this is a great interview to listen to on a Friday or Saturday night. Have a nice cold beverage, sit back and relax and, and feel like you're one of the guys just listening to a great discussion on rock music. Enjoy. All right. Welcome to the show, guys. It's the year in rock 2021. One of the the greatest years of rock. every year is a good year for rock, right? I mean, there's always concerts, there's new music, all sorts of stuff. So I'll stop babbling and I'll introduce everybody. We got, uh, should I just let you guys introduce yourself? That's probably the best way to do it, right? Clint, go ahead and start. Hey, Clint Schweitzer from
1: On the Road to Rock, formerly Music Mania, a name that was so lame I had to change it seven years after its inception. <laughs> guys, we're still just trying to figure stuff out over here. And, uh, you know, as we end another year, I'm still in that mode. So hello. Yeah.
0: Well, it's great to have you. I've enjoyed a lot of... I've listened to so many of your episodes, and you've had some great, amazing guests, and we'll get to that uh, later. And then, uh, Rob, I'll let you go next. Rob Lane from the Straight to Video podcast in the middle of the night here in the UK.
2: Chuck you said, I'll make it the most inconvenient time possible for you. But that's fine, because I love him.
0: Thank you. And you've had some amazing guests, too. I love your show as well. And uh, last, and certainly not least... Darren Paltrowitz. I hope I said that right. I always, I'm scared it's, I'm going to screw it up for some reason. I don't know why.
3: No, it's like Gwyneth Paltrow with the it's at the end. Oh, okay. And, that's easy. Yeah, what can you do? Uh, I host the cast with Darren Paltrowitz and the DLR cast, which I think last time I checked was the number one David Lee Roth-themed podcast in the world. I think we're still <laughs> holding that one, right?
0: It might be the only David Lee Roth, but yes. Well, no, number one, that's a great title to have. And uh, yeah, you're, you're paltrowitz uh, cast, Paltrow cast. Is that right? Patrick? You're killing uh, it on that show. You've had some insane uh, guests, uh, music, a lot of music, but also actors and TV and sports. And, uh, yeah, some really big names that I'm just like, I, when I see some of the guests, I go like, you just had Ted Nugent on. I'm like, what? he was just on Joe Rogan and then he did your show. It's crazy.
3: Yeah. So I guess that means, me and Joe Rogan have similar listenership numbers. I think that's your big takeaway, right? <laughs>
1: yes.
0: I mean, yeah. you. Well, that one got a lot. That got like a few thousand views, I think.
1: Darren, you might have more hair than me, but I'll tell you this. I'm going to start my <laughs> own David Lee Roth podcast because I'm heading to uh, David Lee Roth, uh, New Year's Eve in Vegas. So I'm going oh. to get in on the retirement shows. I'm in. Yeah. yeah. I'm, yeah I'm, I'm going to seven of
3: all. those shows, so I'm going to wow. see you there. You're,
1: You're going the to d- seven of them? Yeah. All seven? That's all there are, right? That's only there's, seven.
3: There's nine. I'd nine. be going to to nine if I didn't have a work trip in the middle of all that. But uh, you know, insanity is insanity, right? So New Year's Eve, we're gonna party, I guess. You and I. When we're we're gonna party. Mrs. Paltrowitz will be
2: there. Uh wow. yeah. this is like the matchmaking podcast.
0: I know. <laughs> I, right. So yeah, it, let's talk about that. Let's just dive right into the year. That's a that was a big news story, David Lee Roth. Is quote unquote retiring, but it's kind of sketchy. Sketchy because he said something mm. like, "It's the end if it is the end or something." So, do, but you you two think that you feel enough strongly enough that you're going to go to all these shows?
1: The ticket price justifies it. I couldn't get credentialed for this, Darren. I don't know what's going on. I'll tell you, uh, if it's not the end, I'm going <laughs> to want just a little bit of a refund back. But I, I'm okay. I, I'm I'm excited about it. I missed the last residency and uh, the kiss. David Lee Ross show that I was supposed to see got canceled. COVID started and the world ended. So right, I'm up for it.
0: Okay. Well, geez, we're
3: going to, we're going to take him at his word.
0: If I, yeah, if I didn't have another trip, I might have to do that, but it, cause it goes until January 8th, I believe. Is that correct?
3: They put another four after that and those are not sold out yet.
0: Okay. And those are, you're going to uh, some of those or no, only the earlier ones.
3: Yeah. We have see the wife and I, I'm taking away precious time for Rob here. Rob's going to get three times the time after this. response.
0: (laughs) No, this is like your baby is David Lee Roth. I get it.
3: Yeah, you go for 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 worse. My 69 year old baby is David Lee Roth. And (laughs) the wife and I were going coincidentally to Vegas. And then because it's so cheap to go that time of year. We get travel tips to give out right here. It's dirt cheap to go to Vegas around Christmas. Then Roth announced his residency and went, we got to go. Then Roth said, these are my last five shows ever. So we went, okay, we'll go to those two. We'll extend the trip. Mm. Then he said, I'm adding on four more shows. And then we went, oh, God, we're going to have to go to some of these two. Wait, so how
0: many? You're going to seven of the shows?
1: Dude, Alex Van Halen is going to be a part of some of these is the rumor. No, is- he's
2: not. No chance. No chance. Was, that was <laughs> a Can we get Billy Sheehan, Steve Vai? that would be good.
0: That would be cool. Wow. That's amazing. That's a hardcore fan right there. And he will not do your show. Is that right?
3: I interviewed Roth in 03. Okay. And I interviewed his sister a couple of years ago. I think those are the only Roths I'm going to get, but I've pretty much gotten everyone else who's played with him or worked around him.
0: Okay. No, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. Did you see some of his uh, interview on Joe Rogan? That was an interesting interview.
3: (laughs)
1: Are you following he says that a lot.
2: The only follow? guy I've seen rein him in is Mark Maron. Oh, yes.
3: Rob, 100% right. That's something I, haven't that seen came up that an one.
2: I did with Gary Goldman
3: yesterday. I was saying Mark Maron's the only person who ever reined him in ever because Roth yes. goes, you follow? And Marin goes, no, not really.
0: <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's amazing. amazing. Okay, so David Lee Roth, so we unfortunately we got to move on. Darren, I know that you uh but for for more David Lee Roth, please follow the DLR podcast. Um another big story that I thought, I mean again, this is may not be a big story to everyone else, but to me, LA Guns, they finally reached a settlement. So there isn't two LA Guns versions. This was great news to me. This was like amazing that they finally settled it. I hate the two versions of bands. What do you guys think about this? Rob, we'll start with you since You've been quiet.
2: <laughs> that's fine. I just like to listen. Um, It's LA Guns at the end of the day. It's I think it's funny that it becomes so embroiled and legal and all this kind of stuff.
0: But do you um, like both versions? Do you like the yeah. the Riley? See, Because I like both versions, I and mean, they'll uh, Phil Lewis will like. I mean, he's like bashed the Riley's version. But I will say, when it's the singer and the guitarist, that's really more LA Guns. That's the sound. But I I, like Riley's version.
2: I I totally understand that, yeah, people relate it to the singer more than anything else, but I just find it funny, the big kerfuffle. On one hand, it's people's careers. People do make money out of it, so, yeah, it can be a bit touchy, but I would have thought, well, I say that I would have thought, but do most people know which version it is when they go to see it? Or I don't know.
0: It depends on how big of a fan they are. Yeah. Yeah. Clint, what you wanted to weigh in?
1: Well, no, I, you know, I think, uh, you know, you know, we've all, I know that uh, Chuck, you had Phil on and I had him on too. And, you know, without even being prompted, he goes into bashing, you know, Steve Riley. And, you know, I think it was new years of uh, like 2015. I saw, you know, the Steve Riley version with Phil Lewis. And I thought it was tremendous. I think they did a lot of good things uh, during that time and had some really good lineups. Uh, and all of a sudden, as things do, it uh, it breaks down, and you know this Phil and Tracy, they've been so prolific uh, together, mm-hmm. three studio albums, and I think they're all pretty darn good. Uh, and the Ry- new Riley albums is pretty good too. So, you know, like uh, you know, I I think it's the good thing that we're able to move on at least. You're right, two versions of bands. We kind of started there with Queensrÿche at one time. We've been down that road with a few other bands. So for LA Guns, we need we need just one. The world needs just one. And now uh-huh. we have Riley's LA Guns, and we can.
0: Yeah, yeah, at least it's it's got the name. But I think somebody else made a good point. They're like, he should have called it Riley's Renegades. I was like, oh, that does sound kind of cooler. And then he could have done a couple, some of his Wasp stuff or like some of the yeah, other bands. I and it. I mean, then it would be like a new band. I mean, I think he'd still be able to get some of these festivals and stuff because. Yeah, he'd
1: try to cling on to it for the
0: bookings, right? And that's mm. for it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, because yeah. he's got Kate Frolic singing for him. He could do some faster Pussycat stuff as well. There you he go. Darren, do, do you have an opinion on that? Are you not a like Guns fan?
3: big fan i got to interview tracy like six months ago and he like every bit of coolness i thought he'd have he had three times more than that i'm a fan for life just based on that experience and i kind of think that one or two la guns is better than zero la guns that's mm. kind of my approach of all this but you're right devil's Chuck, advocate, these, that's good mm. a lot of these like uh, duplicate fans can be painful. Like for a while, there was the two warrants while Janie Lane was still with us. That was another one. There was two enough. See enoughs.
0: I didn't know uh, there was two warrants. That's news to me.
3: I, yeah. There was the Janie Lane of warrant. And okay. There was the warrant with well, yeah. Jamie St. James. And we've seen so many of these enough's, enough seen was the one where you went like, okay, that's really cannibalizing. But if there's enough demand, I mean, there was three rats for a while. Do you remember that one? I do. (laughs) (laughs) There are
1: two rough cuts currently. Yes. Really? Yeah.
0: Oh, I didn't even know that. That's, that's crazy. Well, I'm glad at least one of them. And and this is a big one to me. So I was really happy to see that there's a solution to that one. Uh, But moving on another huge rock story of the year, the abuse allegations for Marilyn Manson. I mean, we've been seeing a lot of this, like me too stuff. This is more than just like, you know, he grabbed a boob in 1989 or something. I mean, this is like, they're saying like he full on was like abusing them, like raping them, psychological abuse. And this, uh, the girl was Evan Rachel Wood was, I think one of the first ones she was, she's like a famous actress. And then like, yeah. and then I think, uh, let's see, there's another actress that he dated that she said he wasn't abusive, but I mean, what do you guys think? This is like going to like the criminal route and stuff. Like, do you think he, is he done forever?
1: Well, we are in an era of, of cancel cancel culture, right? So the crazy thing about this is Marilyn Manson, didn't he just fire Twiggy Ramirez a few years ago for this exact same accusation yep. that came through? Oh. So it's weird because I kind of get his uh, legal legalities confused because th- there were these allegations coupled with, I believe, an incident at a concert with a security guard yeah. And I think those charges have currently been been dropped. So it's like, well, wait, is he good to go now? Is he not good to go? I don't know, Chuck, like you said, are are we just done? Is it, is it over? You haven't seen any appearances or, uh, you know, obviously no dates scheduled. So I don't, I guess it's a wait and see right now for, for Mr. Warner. Well,
0: yeah, because somebody I had on, I won't say his, I won't give him away, but he said that he knows Marilyn Manson. He goes, look, Marilyn Manson's a piece of shit. And he'll, he'll tell you he's a piece of shit. <laughs> And so there has to be some accountability for the women to to be with yeah. him and and to stay with him and um you know not condoning what he did but uh right. I mean it's like yeah he is kind of like a he is a weird guy it's, it's maybe some it of this isn't of shows an act. how
2: which everything's changed in the last 20 years because yeah. when he came out in the 90s people would not expect that but if that news broke then people would be like yeah but mm-hmm. now everything's just totally changed it's true that's a good point yeah
3: I think it also speaks for a lot when a band has a revolving door lineup and you look at all the people mm. that have come in and out of that band and they're not cheerleaders or champions for Mance in the way that other bands, you know, mm. for example, the original David Lee Roth band of, Vi- I'm, I'm, I'm not being self-promotional. <laughs> <yet>. <laughs> yeah, I just about- <laughs> if you ever see an interview with Billy Sheen, he'll be like, Oh yeah, Dave. Yeah. My time at Dave was great. And same thing with Vi and all that. And if you ever talk to Wes Borland, or john five about marilyn manson you do not get the nicest they go like okay next topic
0: please mm-hmm. mm. yes interesting yeah so it'll be interesting to follow that but yeah i mean because i the me too thing is like i mean i feel like there's different degrees i mean you see these people that are full like i mean his is going criminal so i think it's pretty serious whereas other people it's like they did something inappropriate and then i feel like maybe you can you can uh, bounce back from that, but uh, so well here I'll just this is a good segue here actually is uh speaking of inappropriate, uh Dave Elfson from Megadeth, that was a big one. Um, I had him on the show nicest yeah. guy. It was surreal having yeah. him on the show. He was one of my uh biggest like first really big guests where it was like surreal seeing him on my Zoom call. I'm like, oh this is that's the guy that's a Meg- Megadeth. What this is yeah. so weird. So he jerked off on a Zoom call with a Dutch teenager. Uh, and I think people say like, oh, well, so what? Who You know, he jerked off with a girl that she was over 18 or whatever. But the thing is, he's married and he's a, he's a, he's actually a pastor and he lives here in Arizona. And I guess the thing for me is like, it's just so weird. And I, again, I thought he was the nicest guy. I don't I'm trying not to hold anything against him. But every time I see a news article with his name, this is all I think about is this like <laughs> and everybody well, in the comments on Facebook will make that joke. Guaranteed. Okay, did you
1: watch the video, Chuck? Did you watch it? No, I couldn't. I didn't
0: see it. They must've taken okay, it off. Good. Did you see it?
1: <laughs> I guess, yeah. I guess let's just get this out in the open. I did see it. Uh, so you talk about like surreal mm. and I probably know David as well. I mean, as anyone, I mean, I've had him on multiple times, good friends with Drew Fortier, his business mm-hmm. partner, who they're now in the band, the Lucid together, yeah. did a film together. Uh, really close. Right. And when that happened, I just had him on maybe a week prior and it's like my head could, my brain couldn't handle it. I was like, what, what is this? What, what happened? Did, uh-huh. did he, does, they're talking about, you know, grooming and what does that mean? And what happened here? And oh it's, it's a bizarre situation. I'd say it could happen to any of us, but guys, I, I it really couldn't. Um, I don't think.
0: No to, to, no, 19-year-old girls are seeking me out. I, I don't think... I
1: mean, I'm at least turning my camera off if it's a Zoom call. I don't know. Come <laughs> on. And you're right. No 19-year-old go- girls have sought me out for many years, guys. Yeah, so yeah. I guess I'm in the clear on this.
2: Right. No, this, I this think... This is he... another total sign of the times thing. Again, yeah. back, the stuff which went down in the 80s uh, makes this thing
0: look God, so small. but So true. True. No, that's a good point. If you read the dirt, I mean, the stuff right. Motley Crue did was like dwarfs this. But be, I think because of the fact that there's video yeah, and, uh, and also it's just kind of weird. Cause it's like, it's not like he had sex with her. He was like jerking off. I don't know. It's just like a weird, it, like, and like I said, every time he, right. there's a story about him, ev- somebody will, no doubt will be, will make some joke about it. Every single, I don't know if he's ever going to live it down. It, it's kind yeah, it of sad weird
2: as soon as it goes public. That's
3: yeah. the thing. And it's like, something people are not talking about with this whole thing is, how many chances in life has Dave Mustaine gotten to screw up?
2: Yes. How
3: many overdoses? How many rehab stints? How many people has he fired from Megadeth? How many mm-hmm. lawsuits? How many things? And then Ellison, who I agree, with the nicest guy you could speak with, so nice. He does one thing that's technically not illegal, and he immediately gets sacked.
0: But I think there was that was like the the straw that broke the camel's back. From what I read, was it there was already some tension or something, and. So, yeah.
3: yeah, I did. I went to this Megadeth show in like 2016. That this uh, friend of a friend was the promoter at this show in Jersey, and he goes, You want to come see Megadeth tonight at Newark, New Jersey? And I went, Uh, maybe. And he's like, How many tickets do you want? I'm like, How many can I have? As many as you want because the pre sale was 2000 in this arena. And so, where I was sitting, I got to the back of the stage, and Ellison and Mustaine were dressing and preparing in different parts of the stage in the arena. So it might've huh. been, you know, that mended six years ago. Yeah. I turned that broken. Rather, That's the idea
1: mended. I get about it as well, that it was definitely. And I think this side project, the lucid was sort of bubbling under the surface as well. And so he's kind of able to save face and that it's like, Hey, this is what I really wanted to be doing, even though you don't want to get fired from your day job as the basis of Megadeth making a good salary. He was not a partner any longer. Right. The Megadeth Corporation, if I understand that right. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, again, nicest guy. So, I mean, I guess I'm kind of rooting for him in a way because yeah. I like his music. He's a nice guy. I, I think he made a mistake. But again, it, it is hard to try to not, like, associate. I think it's just going to take time for people to, maybe he does some other bands and people kind of forget it eventually over time. But If
2: he turns it on his head and, like, laughs about it, I think
0: people will soon, oh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah oh this is so one
1: that's powerful yeah
0: did you guys see this video of the girl Sophia Yarista I think it, of the it's a band called I've never heard of this band before but now I I think everybody knows this band Brass Against and she urinated in a fan's mouth on stage <laughs> and there's video of this one of the most bizarre things I've probably ever seen but definitely like of 2021 and, and rock music Did I, did you guys all see this
2: I saw that yeah and like I'm, Heard about I'm it, a stay at home guy. I don't have a proper <laughs> job anymore. So my wife comes home from work. I'm like, you got to see this.
0: <laughs> so That's what you've been doing all day.
2: Right. Well,
0: it reminded
1: me, what was the band from like the nineties L seven, like the girl threw like her dirty tampon in the crowd mm-hmm. at, at yep. that festival. It reminded me of something like that. Just like a grunge era, like d- really just disgusting act that goes on. And now like, yeah, it's going to get captured and it's going to be out there. And it's like, I mean, I, I, I don't know what to make of it. Is it like kind of edgy and
0: it's it's disgusting, obviously. I, mean, I don't know. That, that kind of <laughs> but was that it on purpose? Point. Do you think it was a publicity stunt? Cause I know there's stuff like that where mm. was it which band was it that got I think was it Molly Crue that got busted at the airport with a bunch of porn or something? Like there's always like weird stories like that where they they stage this stuff to get I mean, cause I think it got a lot of publicity.
2: Hmm. Yeah. It's weird though, because they were just they're technically like a cover band, right?
0: Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't even know anything about him. Yeah. I just, I just yeah. know that one moment and I was like, wow. If it was Truck a publicity stunt, I think it's smart. History.
3: What's that Darren? Truck doesn't clear his browser history. That's
0: what <laughs> <about>. <laughs> you got to have that like auto stuff or whatever. Right. Um, other drama. Are you, I don't know if any of you guys follow the band bad wolves, but uh, I had yes. uh doc coil on. Oh my gosh. Such a, such a great guy. So smart. And just seems like he's got his head on real straight. But they had a split with their singer, Tommy Vex. And that that was kind of a a big story. And it kind of continued throughout the year as a story. There was just, it just seemed like every week there was some sort of post from one of them going back and forth. And uh, I mean, I don't know if any of you uh, follow this? I have an opinion on it.
2: I looked into it after your interview and I saw the singer's like statement. Yeah. Did things kind of escalate after that? Because he kind of made it seem that yeah, it was a difference of opinion. He was moving on, wished everybody the best, did it, the shit at the fan
0: afterwards. It seems like they just keep going back and forth. I don't, I don't know that it's, maybe it's died out. I haven't been following it too much, but it was just, for a while, they just kept going. It, it's. It's weird to see grown men do that kind of stuff on social media. Like, it's just, I don't know, but it's so common.
3: Yeah, their yeah. management company, most of those bands on that roster, have that kind of a split and problem. I'm super generalizing, but hmm. here are other bands their company has worked with: Motley Crue, Buck Cherry, hmm. Papa Roach, Everclear. Or I think that's a former one, Blondie. All these bands on that roster have that.
0: Yeah. Uh, okay. Are you familiar with them, Clint? I,
1: I, yeah, bad, yeah, definitely. Um, And it just kind of, I, I kind of got it confused because I was thinking about uh, was it the Offspring? That fired a member for not being vaccinated. Yes. And so that, that, mm-hmm. That's what I was kind of confusing this story with because I'd remembered some of the backs and forth, but I couldn't remember the specifics. This was not over a vaccination, right? That was the offspring.
0: No, I don't think so. But yeah, I don't know if some, it seemed like there was maybe some political leanings. Yeah, like like one political thing. Yeah, one's oh, okay. the singer leans, I think, more right, and the other ba- the band members lean a little bit more left. But um, I don't know. It's just like it
3: political. I'm going to say it was a publishing thing. That's what it really, really sounded like. Song splits because not every band splits the money across right. the board. Some, sometimes you have one guy who, or, or gal, or gal, or a they. I don't want to get canceled over that. <laughs> wow. Somebody who makes seventy
0: to. Oh, uh, we percent. already went move way past that. Yeah. We talked about women peeing in people's mouths, and yeah, so no, yeah, but
3: uh, cases like Weezer and Nirvana, you have one guy. Who's making so much more money than the other members and other people go, well, 10% of a watermelon is better than 90% of a grape. So
0: yeah. Yeah, no, that's a good point because I thought it was interesting with warrant that Janie lane, he literally wrote a hundred percent of those songs. Right. And, but he gave publishing to his bandmates. Like that's pretty generous. Mm -hmm.
3: Poison did that lit did that. It's surprised to see which bands had some kind of a split or an alternate uh, formula to songwriting royalties.
0: Mm-hmm. Definitely. Well, another, another feud I wanted to bring up. I don't know if you guys followed this one. Um, and Darren, I know you did because you're a wrestling fan, but Chris Jericho yes. and, and Sebastian Bach. So Bach accused Jericho of using, uh, lip syncing tapes. And then I thought I was thinking about this and I was like, is this feud staged? Cause they're friends. Like, do you think that they feud like staged this feud? Because I think it got them a lot of press and like, you know, News art blabbermouth articles or whatever. Like, I mean, I think it'd be funny if it was all just a big act between the two of them.
1: It's. Not. I don't think it was. Um, I'll tell you. I know this for a fact. We know how irrational Sebastian Bot can be online, and I'll tell you this: Chris Jericho, um, donated to the Trump campaign, and you know how Sebastian oh. bach feels about that. <laughs> I think that this is, stems from that. I think people lost mm. their minds over over politics and people that were friends or you saw it all over the place d snyder and ted nugent and people are just lo- losing their minds over each other these are people i mean sebastian bach and nugent were in a band or at least a reality show band mm-hmm. together right fist or democracy
3: yeah yeah so that was
1: entertaining and i said and i you know and chuck you just saw sebastian bach what like last night yeah like, oh so how what first how was it i i love Sebastian's voice, I love Slave to the Grind, I love all of it. So,
0: good show? Yeah, it was good. I mean, I I know the words to, like, every single song they played. I mean, because it was mostly, I mean, those first two Skid Row albums, well, really the first three and the EP, the cover EP, I, I mean, I used to listen to those ad nauseum when I was, when I was in high school and stuff. So yeah, I, I loved it. Every, everyone, the whole crowd singing along and his backing band is, is great. It's Brent Woods and uh, Rob DeLuca. Yep. And um, I forget the drummer's name, Jeremy something, but he's really good too. And then the opening band Kaleido was also really good, but, but yeah, I mean, I could see you' He's definitely not using tape because there's little, you know, screw ups or whatever throughout the show. It's like, I mean, you could tell it's not fake.
3: Does Jericho use tape? Do we
1: That's what
0: Sebastian's accusing. Oh, Darren's right. nodding like, yes, he yeah, does.
3: I, I may or may not be wearing a Chris Jericho shirt right now. I love now. Jericho, what?
0: <laughs> You are. You know, oh, my God. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. That's hilarious.
3: But as a person who's on two of the Chris Jericho cruises, he, he's singing on top of a recorded vocal. Now, that doesn't exactly. mean he's lip syncing. That just means they're playing to tracks and he is singing on top of that. And you go, how can you tell? watch his lips. Sometimes Mm -hmm. he messes up because he's miming to the crowd or, you know, playing to the crowd and you hear the vocals going and the lips are not moving. So (laughs) I'm not saying I can't sing. It's just, he is live doing that. And the, that album, the albums are totally pro tools. I
2: out. Sure. I think Steel Panther do that with the track as well. Oh, do they? They
3: do, but he could do anything.
2: Ralph. God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Insane voice. Yeah. I think sometimes I, I don't know if they do it as much now, but when I first saw them like years ago and it was obvious they had the track. And sometimes I think he actually played up to it, which was quite funny. Wow. <laughs> it, it, That's it interesting. Every now and again and make
0: it really well, obvious. So I was like, oh, cha- fair play to you.
1: Jericho challenged him to a sing off. Is this ever going to happen? Yeah.
0: That was, I'm so in I'm on that one. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Well, yeah,
3: it's, it, it
1: wrestling.
0: It's wrestling, no Axl Rose, it, Vince Neil, boxing. Exactly, oh, that's what I was gonna say. That would have been amazing still
3: too.
0: On that too. <laughs> yeah, what the hell? It could still happen. to old guys. I'd pay to see that. Uh, well, yeah. So, Clint, you mentioned the 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 politics thing, and um, I think one of the weirdest, definitely one of the, the weirdest stories to me. I mean, just in in general news story, but also music, was the storming of the Capitol. But then you find out one of the metal bands, <laughs> Iced Earth, John Schaefer is one of the guys. Like storming the Capitol, like not just protesting outside. He was like literally in there, like he was on Nancy changes Pelosi's a...
1: desk with the hands up and the feet on the
2: desk. I think he wasn't, he was interviewed as well. Right. On the way up there. I think,
1: I think so.
0: I don't <laughs> and, know. But like, I mean, that's, again, you know, it goes back to this me too thing where there's like, there's different, there's varying degrees of me too. There's like, okay, you grabbed a boob in 1989 and then there's like, I mean, you like, you know, you abused people and stuff. And this is like, I mean, he crossed the line of like, is you know, he out of
1: jail, or is he in jail still
0: oh i don't know that's a good question but yeah i mean he went to jail like and then he's like i want to do over i think i screwed <laughs> it's like yeah no shit
1: <laughs> yeah weird and like so i mean i think blabbermouth made a living just off of his name I i think he had more headlines than than anybody As uh former you know ripper owens you know he screwed up well yeah he screwed up of course and yeah it was bizarre um and I, I don't know. Like, what, what what are you doing there? Why do you want to do it? I yeah, don't know. I don't really get any of. I don't I don't understand politics. I I live in a world of sports and hair metal, and that's, <laughs> I, it's only two things I know about in the world. That's all so you need. What, what do I know? That's right. right. Thanks, Rob.
0: No, I I agree. I just it was weird. It's like I mean, I I have you see Republicans and you see Democrats, but I mean, I think most of, I have Republican friends and Democrat friends, and and even my Republican friends were like, okay, those people were idiots that stormed yeah. the Capitol. It's like, and you're in a like a kind of a legendary metal band, like that's I mean. And they've got a like a pretty big cult following. I think uh, at least two of the members quit right after that happened. So I don't know what's what the future holds for that band.
1: Yeah, probably isn't much. I mean, I didn't even know who the who was singing for them these days. I know Ripper was in the band before. And they've kind of gone through some changes, but this that could be the nail in the coffin, perhaps.
3: Mm-hmm. But we might have they gained up. a
1: whole new fan base. Or. or
2: maybe <laughs>
3: I was offered an interview with, with John Schaefer. I'm going to say like a week or two before that oh and God. kind of wishes. Like I should have done that, but they have <laughs> like, whether or not the band is still a big deal at the time, they had the same publicist that steel Panther still has that mm. Wolfgang van Halen has. We're not talking about like a $500 a month publicist, like legit publicist. They were either bartering the hell out of or paying for
0: hmm. Interesting. Wow. Well, yeah, it's been a weird year. We're still dealing with with the COVID and the pandemic and all that stuff. So, the Motley Crew, Def Leopard Poison. I still have tickets for this. I think I bought them in I guess was it 2019? I think it was yep. before the year turned and yep. they canceled it 2020, okay, obvious, sure. And then 2021 they said, uh, we're canceling a, it again. Is this oh, show ever going to happen?
1: It's got to Live Nation's got how much money does yeah. Live Nation sitting on right now, guys? um well yeah that's my dollars gaining interest that's what i was years. gonna say
0: they must be making money off this interest they it's are. almost in their best interest to just not have this concert and just live off the money forever
1: <laughs> <laughs> i i think it's got to happen this year I, I mean you saw guns and roses do a stadium tour last year it's gonna happen or i mean it's none of the, i don't think any of the bands will be viable again um and that's unfortunate for a band like Def Leppard that clearly has plans of touring on into their well into their 60s and they're still a very viable live act for Motley Crue this was probably going to be it and I think it's going to happen I don't know I mean maybe it's just wishful thinking. I'm going to be in LA I got tickets for LA and I've had it for two and a half years maybe I'll be there I guess I can't maybe believe it's out. long checked on make
2: recently
0: oh I don't know still but
3: for that solo album
0: Vince <laughs> yeah. Neil slimmed down he's looking good I I, I mean mm-hmm. I think he sounded oh. pretty good no, he's no, not. No,
3: he is not. That was one post on Instagram that was an integrated sponsored post. And then a couple of weeks later, he was in Vegas uh, for the Thanksgiving. I think the drinks giving gig on Fremont street. Oh shit. Oh yeah, that's he's right. I, I,
1: I saw him. Was August. this when he fell off the stage and got hurt?
3: Uh, a month or two. No, yeah.
1: I, I saw him right before that. I saw him in August and d- definitely didn't, didn't look great um, at that point. But that, you know, that's been several, that's been five, six months. So.
0: Yeah, we'll,
1: we'll see what happens with I'm that. rooting
0: for. I mean, it's just like all yeah. these guys. I, I want to root for him. I want him. I mean, you want to see a redemption story. I'd love to see Vince Neil go out there and slim down and sound great and kick ass and put, you know, prove everybody wrong. That'd be amazing think, to see.
2: I think when the tour was originally announced, I don't know if you heard the podcast that Ricky Reichman did, Mm-mm. like really getting behind him saying, how great would it be if they came out like at the top of the game?
0: And yeah. Are they coming to to the UK? Is it a European tour 2 yet or so. po- Poison will never
2: come back to the UK? Why? Cuz promoters won't pay enough money.
0: Really? Yeah. Yeah. Is there, are they just they're, not very big over there?
2: Not enough to justify how much money they want. Okay. <laughs> so I mean, so they're,
0: they're third on the bill here. I mean, Yeah, that's true. Def Leppard, the they're team. they're British. They don't want to mm-hmm. uh, they could bring well, in a Jeff lot of fans.
3: Lappard, Def Leppard is biggest in the States. Same with Poison. Mm. Now, Def Leppard has rewritten history to make itself look like this, it's this international band. Mm. But if you look at some of the tours that they did, it's much smaller venues overseas. Poison did a live DVD or a live video from the UK in 93 or 94 with Cotson, which got trivia. trivia. Later
2: on. Some trivia. I'm in that.
3: <laughs> oh, what? You're in that.
2: How? <laughs> that w- During that the... Hand- during stand, there's loads of like backstage footage and crowd shots. And if you pause it at the right moment, I'm in the queue for City.
0: <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Well, so would you, Rob, would you fly into the States then to see this tour? I mean, this is a, this I would is going to, it's a big show. I mean, this is yeah. like going to be one of the biggest shows if it actually happens.
2: I've never seen yeah. Poison with C.C. DeVille. Oh, really? they're
0: great. Yeah. They're, they're, they're really good live. my
2: mind, I think, even though the set list is the most boring set well, list You know what ever. it'll
1: be.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's the same. <laughs> Twelve on this songs. Show, seven
1: mm. songs. Are they going to get oh, 45 man. minutes And Are they going to get an hour?
0: I, wow. I hope it's I at least know. an hour. Jeez. Yeah. But so other canceled shows, Tesla canceled shows, oh. Limp Biscuit. Brett Michaels. I mean, there's all these canceled shows with the COVID thing. Like, and like last night I had to show my vax card to get into the, to the a vax card or a negative COVID test. So mm. wh- I mean, this just seems odd. Like I'm, I'm in the concert. And it's like, I mean it, it was probably I would say half or maybe a quarter full and there's people wearing masks in the corner. And I'm like, but we had to show the vaccine or the negative card. and they're still wearing masks and they're, they're like, not like six feet away. I mean, they're like 40 feet away from people. Are things ever going to go back to normal or do you have a solution? Cause here was my idea. Like, what if we had two sections of the show? Like there was a vax card mask, like everybody is in this section and this section is like, this is a free for all. Like you, you know, who knows what you're going to get? I mean, is that a crazy idea? I don't know. I don't that, know what the that's solution rock is. And
1: roll. I like that, you know, and it does, it drives me nuts, man. And I know I haven't seen something like that where it's like the kind of a segregated like that, where you see that. Um, But I haven't been to a lot of really big uh, indoor shows. A lot of the shows I've been to were this summer and kind of outside and people kind of, I, for, okay guys, I'll just, I live in Missouri there's not a mass to be found here. I'm sorry. They're, they're just not, we just, I don't know what those are. We don't know. <laughs> and we don't know. So I don't know. Yeah. Um, obviously it's, that's the, what's crazy though. It's different everywhere. And that's kind of how these tours and these promoters are trying to figure out right now is how to put this together. You don't trust anything. You, you buy a ticket. I had a ticket for, uh, the, the Vegas, the kiss Vegas residency. That's why I was going to be there. Mm-hmm. And Well, that you know, plug gets pulled on that, and then you're just left to. I mean, so it's hard to trust the live event stage right now. Sports are figuring it out. Concerts need to get it figured out, or people are just going to find something else to do. And there's, you know, well, I think
0: because I think you have two sides. I have you have the people that are so scared they don't want to go to a concert, and then you have the people that well, I ain't showing him a COVID test or I ain't getting the vaccine. Sure. And so there's like two sides that are just not going to come at all. Cause I feel like these shows with Sebastian Bach, I thought they were sold out before he was doing the ones before. I don't know if it was the like slave to the grind or the first album, but they were all like, he, I saw him on the website, like sold out, sold out. And I was like, wow, he's really like kicking ass with the, and this one was not sold out. And I, and I don't blame it hundred percent on him. I think it was because yeah. there's these uh, requirements and some people are, are, are still just scared of going to a concert.
2: Was there's it a rescheduled also, show, you say?
0: What's that? There's
3: also a lot of people who have no attention span anymore as a result of being holed up for a year and a half. They're like, wait, so I have to stand and, and I have to get dressed <laughs> and I have to go out of the house. You think I'm kidding, but there's a lot of people I, I know who are big music fans who just won't. Well, they don't want to leave the house and get dressed.
0: Oh, it's Didn't sad. They... It's really it's sad. What were you saying, Rob?
2: Uh, was that a rescheduled show? this I Imagine believe that. it's yeah. been
0: rescheduled like three or four times. And thankfully okay, so I didn't. People
2: who probably brought the tickets the first time just totally didn't know the new date.
0: <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it was just, it was odd. It's kind of sad to see. And then, you know, there's talk of this, I and mean, there's a whole nother topic we could get into, but the whole talk of the metaverse thing that's, that Facebook is doing with this virtual reality. And I think they're trying to make it like you would go to a concert, but like you're sitting on your couch and you've got these goggles on and you're like, you know, it's like you're at the concert. I don't, to me, that seems like kind of depressing. I like to like yeah. really, I mean, I, I don't know. I haven't seen this virtual reality, but if that's the future, that's, it's kind of sad in a way, I think. Well, I think
2: that's the future for everything.
0: I, I hope how not. Far down,
2: how far down the line? I'm not sure, but that's definitely going to be.
0: I want the real, point, I yeah. want to have the smells and the, the sounds and the. the f- people spilling beer on you. Yeah. It's yeah, part of the experience. The, it all The tall guy
1: standing in front of you.
0: Yeah. I mean, no. just
1: getting there. You got a park and you parallel park and some crazy downtown street you've never been on before. It's all part of the experience. I was in line for an hour and a half to get to an Alice Cooper Ace Freely show that it was a brand new venue in St. Louis and it was a disaster. Missed all of Ace Freely. I've never missed a band like that I wanted to see in my life due to like tardiness. And here you can't get into a venue. There's a lot of Venues are struggling with staffing and they're just, you know, it's blame it on COVID, blame it on COVID. That's what it's going to be. So you're going to create weird lines at restrooms and concessions. And so I think there's some apprehension to if you go and deal with that once you're like, I don't know, I don't want to do that again, maybe.
0: Yeah, no, it's sad. And then, I mean, you also see the COVID affecting the rock stars. I mean, we had so what? Sebastian Bach got COVID. Stephen Piercy, Ted Nugent, Gene Simmons, they members of Buck and Cherry. It, all,
1: and it kicked their ass. Yeah, That's the thing you got to say if you get COVID is it kicked
0: my ass. Everyone says that. Yeah, <laughs> members of Foo Fighters, Ricky Rocket. I mean, all these people. Like the Ricky Rocket one was really interesting because he, he posted. I can't remember. It was a, I think it was a video or a, a, an article or something. And he really he went through like his symptoms and stuff. And he's vaccinated. And he was saying I had this and I had that. And I was like I was reading this going. Wait, but, but he's vaccinated. What's going on? I mean, so I and see why had there's had some cancer fear,
1: too, which is scary. Yeah. And cancer. And-,
0: and speaking of cancer, uh, Stephen Piercy is battling cancer. You guys have any updates? Anybody know anything about that? Like any updates? Know. I'm kind of worried about that.
1: Yeah. And he had COVID too, just in the last couple of weeks. Yep. And I reached out to his publicist. I've been trying to set up an interview with him for like three years Uh, it keeps not happening. Chuck, you, it was seamless for you. What? How did, yeah. How did,
0: you know what? It wasn't seamless. I had to, I had to ask (laughs) several times and then they finally gave in, but, uh, yeah,
1: that's kind of what it is. So I, I kind of asked, you know, Hey, I hope he's, you know, everything's going well. And, um, you know, I saw him live at Rocklahoma in September. This is like right as it's breaking and he seemed great. He looked good, Mm -hmm. you know, sang great. I the his band's really tight. His solo band I didn't see any signs, but yeah, it was, um, I'm not sure what, what, uh, what we can expect, but
3: when I spoke know. with him three weeks ago, he was, Oh,
0: fine. well, okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. Go. Cause that's...
3: when he followed me on Twitter yesterday, he was fine.
0: Oh, nice. That's a, that's a big move. That's always a big one. When, when they you know, follow uh, you,
3: Piercy and rat are one of my favorite bands yeah. and he, he booked or at least announced a bunch of shows in the last two weeks so I think he was battling something 2017, 2018. They waited a while to announce it. But the way that some of the fake news sites pick things up, they put things as current, even though they're mm-hmm. in the past.
0: Mm. Okay. Yeah. Well, do you think this is going to be a new trend, though? Because um, where people are kind of announcing stuff almost like in the, either in the middle or at the towards the end of their diagnosis, like with the, the guy from uh, Mark, what is it, Hopus or uh, Hopus from Blink-182? Mm-hmm. He, denou- yeah. he announced that he had, he's like, yeah, I'm getting my cancer treatment. I'm like, wait, what? Like, you didn't even say that you had cancer. It's like, and then there's like these people like Norm MacDonald that you don't even find out. And, and kind of Eddie Van Halen kind of was like yeah. really kind of, you know, he kind of kept a distance from all that stuff too. Like, is that kind of the new trend where you're just not going to do a lot of press about it? And it's just going to happen when you're just going to read an article one day that this person's dead. It's it's kind of sad. I think it's
2: down to a personal thing. Some people don't, they want to true. It like
0: personally, if that's the
2: right word to it. But I mean, the Mark Hoppus one, depending on what kind, he obviously had to do chemotherapy, lost his hair and all that kind of stuff. So he was perhaps, well, people are going to find out. very yeah. soon when he's got like no eyebrows and all that kind of stuff. It was just the weirdest I think post. He called himself the thumb. <laughs> oh, is that it. what he said? Yeah, no, he his said
0: post, because the original post just said, he said, he's at like the doctor's office and he, and it just says like, it's almost like nonchalant. He's like, I'll take one cancer treatment, please. I'm like, Wait, what? You have can't what? Like you're too young. What the hell? Like, uh
2: that was a shocker, man. That yeah. Was like, Damn, but he seems to be doing good.
0: That's good. Yeah. yeah. It's always, well, sadly, some people we got it, we got to do like the in memoriam kind of thing of the year. So, t- you guys have to help me out with this one. Hopefully, I didn't miss anybody. But I mean, we had some, we lost some, some really great people this year. Jerry Miller from Metal Edge. That was a big mm-hmm. one for me, cause I was a Ooh. huge Metal Edge fan, and that one just kind of shocked me. And also, because I. I was hoping to, like, one day have her on the show and tell her how much, you know, her magazine, like, influenced my life and how great it was. And so uh, Jeff Labar from Cinderella, mm-hmm. that was another one for me. I was tr- hoping to, ha- trying to have him on the show because um, Izzy Presley, who does a podcast, said that, I asked him, uh, who's your favorite guest? He said Jeff Labar. He's hilarious. Get him on. I couldn't get him. Um, Tawny Catane, Video Vixen, the Slipknot drummer, Joey Jordanson, mm-hmm. uh, ex-Skid Row singer, Johnny Sollinger. That was uh, a- Shocker. Yeah. Yeah. Brett Bradshaw from uh, I think it was a drummer, Faster Pussycat. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah. Phil Specter, famous record producer, Dusty Hill, the bassist, for zz Top. That was a big one. Charlie Watts, Rolling Stones drummer, another big one. Don Everly from the Everly Brothers. Uh LA Guns Drummer, Bones. I he played on a couple albums. And Metal Church singer Mike Howe. Um, those are those are the ones that I could find too that. Many. W- too it's, many. It is too many. Yeah.
3: Gary Corbett, who played keyboards for Cinderella, that's right. That, that was right was off, on, right by then, yeah.
1: Right. Yeah, it was. This, it was like the
0: next day after yeah. LeBar, right?
2: Uh, Make Rock, the photographer, yeah, fairly recently. Oh, today, um,
3: Phil Chen uh, from Rod Stewart's band, they announced passed. Oh,
0: jeez, yeah. 2020 was also really bad for this, but it seems like that's just like, unfortunately, because I think as time goes on, there's we'll so many
2: to an age now, mate.
0: Yeah. It's just like the old, that's what my grandpa used to say. He's like, the worst part of getting old is like everybody, you know, dies <laughs> because you know, you're just getting older and it's like, you know, so eventually yeah. like I mean, you're you, one of the only ones that left.
2: crazy thing with Norm McDonald when you found out on your show, right?
0: <sighs> yeah, that was so crazy. We're sitting there and the comedian's like, he was trying to figure out this lift for his girlfriend or something and uh he's like oh shit norm mcdonald died i was like what Why?" like and i'm trying to do an interview with that like find out that news i'm like he's literally one of my most favorite comedians and one of the people that i was like aspired to have on my show so that was rough
2: we had a guy over here a, a journalist called malcolm dome uh, he passed away fairly recently yes. as well um yeah he was like a really influential journalist over here. I mean, I'm sure you've heard of magazines like Kerrang! Oh, yeah! Uh, Metal Hammer and all that kind of thing. Yeah, he was one of the main he, guys. I think he
1: was M- in he Metal A Headbanger's Play. Journey as well. Probably, um, more um, than likely. a really good documentary, yeah. and he was in that. I remember him in that, too. Yes, I, that it is. It's a, it's a sobering thought, and i thought about this all the way dating back to around 2014, 15, it really started. I remember I was at the rainbow in Hollywood, like right after Lemmy died. And then, you know, just, it just kind of as an onslaught and the Tom Petty's and it just from there, David Bowie, all that. So since then, it's just a sobering thought. I'd talk to a lot of people that I interview. I'm just like, man, is it just as to think about that, your peers and how fragile life is? And now I'm, I'm only 37. So it's like, you know, you, you grew up with these guys. This is just such a big part of your life. And then when that happens, it's it's sobering, you know, and it, your, your mm-hmm. heroes don't last forever. That's what we learn.
0: It's yeah. weird to me though, because I feel like it sometimes it doesn't make sense. Like you think, oh, these guys all lived hard lives cause they were in rock bands, but then there's other people like Tom, how is Tommy Lee and Nikki six? How are they still alive? I mean, those guys, yeah, it's crazy. So I guess sometimes it just doesn't make sense. Is there any other uh, news stories? Yeah.
3: Well, to add one name to that, there was a comedian who passed a week and a half after I interviewed him, Trevor Hall from The Widest Kids You Know.
0: That's right. I saw that.
3: And, and he was one of the best interview experiences I ever had. And afterwards, he wrote me an email thanking him. and, and like, I, I'm sorry. He wrote me an email thanking me. Right. Yeah. Rather. And I'm like, oh, that, that guy's the greatest. I'm going to keep in touch with that guy. And I don't know. Did he kill himself. Did I think that was the, yeah, it was suspicious. Yeah. That's huge loss. That guy had like two shows on the air, a bunch of about to be made movies. It's one of those cases where you go, like that guy has everything. What would he have to be sad about? But obviously there's always more to the story with comics.
0: Right. Well, and I think just in entertainment in general, whether it's music or, or comedians or acting, it's like they they need to be in the spotlight, like they they strive for that attention, and that's how they they're so good because they're they're so driven to get that attention that they can succeed to the highest level. But then there's still like something missing sometimes, and you can't fill that sometimes. It's just like even if you have the success, it's still it's not enough. Yeah. So I well,
1: think that's kind of how this uh, music podcasting started? That yeah, I think it you know seven eight years ago, I just started emailing guys I wanted to talk to. And it's like, I think a lot of them just like to talk, like to talk to someone, like to feel important, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I think that's kind of how it really started. And I think in those, that's why I've rarely had an interview that I'd say, I hated that person. I didn't like him because I think a lot of times celebrities in general, whether it be, you know, I do a lot of sports and, and, and actors, in that 20 minutes, that 30 minutes they're dialed in, I think, because they feel, they feel that rush. They feel important if they're not on stage right now, but right now somebody is asking them questions about their lives and they feel important. And I think that that's why these interviews are important. So
0: that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. Cause it's important, you know, not just for the fans to hear it and entertainment for that, but also for the, for the guest. I feel like sometimes we, we help the guest. um, you know, we give them that attention that they, that they need. And, uh, it's like, cause I, my background's in counseling. Sometimes I feel like I'm a counselor sometimes l- l- talking to these guests. It's kind of fun though.
1: Well, when do we start? I'm ready.
0: Are <laughs> 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 right, any other news stories, anything else that I missed throughout the year? Anything else that, uh, that stood out for you guys just in terms of the rock world and big news or reunions or breakups or anything like that. I know there was like the bang tango. That was another one that it was like a reunion that it didn't happen. And I don't, I don't know if that's a, a big for as many people, but I was kind of looking forward to that.
3: I'd say Led Zeppelin. Uh, why did I say Led Zeppelin? Limp Biscuit. Oh. A little bit of a difference between Led Zeppelin and Limp Biscuit. <laughs> Limp Biscuit being cool again. How did that Yeah, happen? people were loving that.
0: Well, but did you see Fred Durst? He looks like my grandpa yeah. or something. What I what I is with that happens. look?
3: The sabotage Beastie Boys video look. That's how I, what I think it is. But that song Dad Vibes, great single. But did you see how many people they played for at Lollapalooza this past summer? No. It was
1: a big crowd, but then they canceled Rocklahoma right out of that. I was at Rocklahoma <sighs> and they canceled that appearance. And so I'm going to hold that against them forever.
0: No <laughs> I've never seen them. Li- I'm not a huge fan. I mean, I know, you know some I mean, of their songs, but I've I gotta say one of
2: the worst bands I've ever seen live. Ooh, there it is. Was Limp Bizkit? Then, uh, really? Wow. Yeah. I'm not a fan, but I knew the songs. So I thought it's going to be okay. Cause I know the songs and I was like.
1: I, I kind this of agree. I saw him on Summer Sanitarium <laughs> with Metallica in through2 or three, and it just wasn't my thing, really. But they stay, the, the staying power, West Borland's a great guitarist, and those songs resonate with people. That's all you need, right? Yeah. That's why
2: I was wondering, how where are we in like the timeline of since those first albums broke? Are we up to like 20, 20 years? years? <sighs> yeah, or, so it's coming man. around to that cycle into the twenty thirty 30-year yeah. cycle. Uh, it makes me feel old. Are, that's yeah. scary spice
3: girls are cool again to some people so really have always sometimes, been cool
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> sometimes you just need time to pat like you're the biggest thing in the world then you're uncool then enough right. time passes that you can market a 10-year anniversary a 20-year anniversary right get the right partner to tie in and you know they sent me the spice girls 25 to review recently so Hmm. Some of those album tracks are amongst the worst recorded music you've ever heard. It makes like one of you look like stairway to heaven. Really? Cracks me up. They remastered
0: any of those deep cuts. Okay. Interesting. can't wait to not listen to that, but uh, so let's, let's talk about some good music though. Since uh, so my, hopefully hopefully you guys did your homework and you have some good albums and some good songs. So my top five albums for the year, no particular order, uh, Royal blood type, Typhoons, uh, the LA guns one checkered past. I love that album. It's great. Dirty honey. Uh, I think it's just self-titled dirty honey. Their latest one, uh, really good old school rock. Um, the pretty reckless. I love that band. I love to have Taylor Momsen on, uh, death by rock and roll, great song and great album. And then, um, surprisingly, uh, I didn't think that I would get into this one as much as I did, but I think this might actually be the best one is the mammoth, uh, WVH, the self-titled album. And again, I saw them open for Guns N' Roses. That kid's really talented. And uh, I mean, that's those songs are just so catchy. It's just, it's really great straight ahead rock. It doesn't sound like he's trying to be new metal or anything crazy. And then um, for my best songs, I thought I'd do different than the albums. Uh, there's a band called Moon Fever. That's like an indie band. They have a song called Cheap Thrills. That's really good that came out. Uh, another kind of indie band, Joyous Wolf, has a song called Fearless. Everybody knows John Karabi. I like his newest song, Coke. Is it Kosi Bella? He didn't even play it at, when I went and saw him the other day. Ooh. And then, um, of course, the Hard School song, the new Guns N' Roses. I'm a, I'm a big Guns N' Roses guy. And I thought the Hard School, there was two songs they put out, Absurd and Hard School. I thought Hard School was the best. And then another song uh, from a guy I interviewed, Sahaj Tikitin from the band Raw. Their song Intercorrupted. I thought that was brilliant. I thought it was a great song. So uh, who wants to go Sweet, next? Man. Just Dead Silence. Rob, okay. I choose okay. Rob. okay rob go ahead
2: i've not it's weird when you people ask you what are your favorite albums of the year i'm like shit i really need to think about
0: right i know you have to go back and look because not many people put out albums it's a lot about the singles but fires up fires up spotify most listened to Mm -hmm.
2: (laughs) so um mine include oh i'm knocking everything over um the jim dalton album Mm. jim dalton from uh he's from arizona right Yeah, uh, well, Jim's from, uh, where's Jim from? Oh, I can't remember. He's not from Arizona, but
0: um, isn't he down here recently or uh, doesn't he live here now or am I crazy? No, I think he
2: just flies in
0: from oh, okay. But,
2: but his solo album, In My Head, was great. Just the lyrics were amazing. He's just got such a chilled vibe. If you like country stuff, it's well worth checking out. Um, My friend Rob's band, this is not a plug because he's with my friend, but it's a great album. If you like melodic, Hard rock in the mold of Danger Danger. Check out Midnight City and their latest album, Itch You Can't Scratch, because Rob is and on heart one of the finest songwriters in that genre of music. Um, so if you like hooky AOR stuff, that's the I band do you need to indeed, check out. sir. That sounds amazing. There you go. Add it to the list. Um, Mammoth WVH, great album. Loved it. Um, and the last two is a band called LeBrock and their album Fuse, which they're one of my favorite bands of the last five years. It's in the synthwave mold, so it's proper 80s sounding stuff, but with some great rock vocals. They had an album called Fuse Out, which was amazing. And probably my favorite album of the year by a band called Pale Waves, called Who Am I, Um, a UK band signed to the same label as, you guys know the 1975? Mm -mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, signed to the, yeah, the huge, they, a band that actually broke the US from the UK, which doesn't happen that often. uh But Pale Waves are on that label, and that's a great one as well. So, female singer, uh, but super catchy songs.
0: Okay. And then, uh, top five songs?
2: Top five songs. I've got two songs from the same band, a band called Dead Sarah. They had an album out this year. I've still got to dive into the album, so that's why it's not in my list. But okay. Songs Hands Up and Eros, amazing singles. Um, a song called don't stop dreaming by another synth wave band called new arcades. Um, think it over from the mammoth album. I thought that was the best song on there. That's a great tune and favorite song of the year again by LeBrock. Just pull up heartstrings on YouTube and I guarantee all three of you will love it.
0: Okay. I can I got some homework to do. That sounds, all that stuff sounds amazing. So hopefully our listeners will check it out too. Uh, Darren, you were you were nodding a lot during Rob's. You have some of the same.
3: Oh, no, I got none of them. I'm going to fight the power on this one and say that some of my favorite bands ever and artists ever did put out new albums in 2021. But most of them didn't grab me. Like, For example, Love the Descendants, the new album, it's good. It's not a classic. Same thing with The Darkness, Teenage Fan Club, Jason Faulkner. Not a lot grabbed me for repetitive listening. 2021 was my year to just listen nonstop to Van Halen and Rad and Roth solo and Def Leppard. That was my rebuilding kind of year for that. You know, there were some songs that really grabbed me. That UK band, Wet Leg. Any of you like Wet Leg?
0: Never heard of, of, you know I'm not ahead of them.
3: I think they only have four songs out. But the okay. strength of the two songs got them on uh, The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. Wow. Big TV stuff, NPR stuff on two songs. And I think they're from... I think they're from wales wow. i think they're
2: northerners they and must have if- some like american label or agency just like we're gonna get them to break the u.s for some bush kind of thing
3: yeah <laughs> because i've
2: never heard of them huh
3: great band um i today i got to interview joss stone and so i was listening to her Ooh. new album and oh nice it's great um re- like dave stewart from the arrhythmics produced and co-wrote it and it's got strings not keyboard strings that's great david lee roth put out a couple of singles this year from that long rumored john five album that's done but we don't think we'll ever come out and that song somewhere above the rainbow bar and grill is mm-hmm. great have you ever heard that chuck i'm not i'm not getting a proper nod
0: no yeah i i've got a lot of homework to do from you guys this is why i, I wanted to do this show like
2: the smoky if I like discovering
0: new time. music. I love listening to new stuff. Like and a lot of this new stuff I find is it's just hard to find. Cause there's so much stuff out there. Yeah.
3: And, and then another song I'll throw at you is love the darkness. The new album's not the best thing that they've done, but I really dug in cause I got to interview Frankie and there's a song on there called speed of the nighttime that you would never think is a darkness song, but it's because the bassist Frankie co-wrote it with Diane Birch great singer songwriter used to be on the major label scene and now you know more of a niche kind of thing but you would this song is more in the the cure that dark Mm. moody Mm. new wave direction than it is glam or hair metal so i'm gonna i'm gonna throw this over to clint now because he's been nice and patient
1: no i tell you what you guys are all so introspective and i think that whenever i think about a top five albums list it makes me wonder like do i do I even take enough time throughout the year to sit down and listen to enough albums? And I don't think I did. And I made me go back and think about some of the ones, you know, we get sent over a lot of stuff, you know, yeah. as guys that do as podcasters, but you know, when I went back and did mine, you got, you know, you might as well just go ahead and add me as a character on the decline of Western civilization part two, the metal years. <laughs> I'm not going to throw anything Legend. at you. that's going any way introspective. It's not going to make you think about anything. You're not going to go, oh, Hey, I better go check that out. You're going to be like, Oh yeah. That's something a guy on the metal sludge gossip board would say. <laughs> uh-huh. here we go. Hey, I love know. it. I can't wait. I'm a nostalgic person. I Are love you on the I metal love. sludge
2: gossip board?
1: See, you know what, brother? Are you arms. on there?
2: Because I need to look at Yeah. Stand, absolutely. You?
1: yeah uh, yes. Uh, indeed. Okay. So my number one, you guys. So for me, the, the the last you know ten years or so, when it comes to melodic hard rock. There's nothing that really compares to the the rock that's coming out of Sweden. And the number yeah. one album for me this year was uh, Crazy Licks, Street Lethal. It is absolutely awesome. It could be the soundtrack to a Van Damme, you know, movie from the 80s, a martial arts movie like Bloodsport. It's great stuff if you love just over the top, danger, danger type 80s metal hooks. My second win is Dee Snyder's Leave a Scar. I think his work with Jamie Jasta uh, from Hate Breed, that's a great collaboration they've done for both of the albums that they've uh, now done together. I was able to have Dee on, as uh, I know that you did as well there, Chuck, and it was uh, just tremendous talking to him about that album. Uh, there's a band called Wet, which is Jeff Scott Soto's uh, mm-hmm. kind of side project. They did a, just an awesome album. It came out right at the beginning of 21. It's called Retransmission. It just had several really good songs. Jeff's voice is, is just tr- tremendous. It's just so strong and powerful and uh, Wet, uh, really good band. Eclipse, another band from Sweden, guys. Uh, the, the album's called Wired. It uh, it came out around the same time. It's crazy. It looks a Street Lethal, really kind of similar, but eclipse uh, again you want those big hooks and and big guitars uh, i guess that's what i like but number five is a tough one because it, and first off i'm gonna say some honorable mentions like la guns checker pass was a fan night ranger atbpo uh definitely the the uh, mammoth i'm on board with that, that as well i had to put um iron maiden sinjutsu in there i'm the biggest iron maiden you know what do you want to call it a nut swinger in the that you'll ever see <laughs> they had some slow prodding boring songs on this album i'll yes. grant you but I mean, there were some really, some good songs. Stratejo, uh, Stratejo, everyone to say it. Uh, Days of the Future's Past, uh, Darkest Hour. And I even thought Writing on the Wall was a, a good song. That was kind of the first single they did for that. So those are my top five. I'm sticking to it. And um, all that I've learned here is that I need to, uh l- look into some of the ones that you guys have put out there because it seems like a lot more well thought out but uh and a lot of the we we'll songs- have to do
2: a group chat and everybody remind us of what they put yeah
1: yeah because <laughs> you guys man this is great like learning all this and a lot of the songs i put just kind of mirror the album so i probably should have went out of my way to find songs that weren't on the albums but these are all kind of songs from these albums and uh if you haven't uh crazy i'm I'm crazy licks, i'm just an unabashed unabashed fan crazy looks and heat two two great bands from sweden man
2: you're a chris laney fan clint
1: i am not i have not uh i've heard i've heard the
2: name i haven't delved in so he's probably responsible for a lot of those bands (laughs) from the production side of things mm, guys are genius so
1: what what was that so like kind of early because a lot of this swedish sleaze kind of hair metal stuff started like the early 2000s and so is that kind Mm -hmm. of well, yeah, that, he
2: was- Chris Laney is just a producer over there, yeah. songwriter, oh. singer, guitarist, multi-instrumentalist, and yeah, he produces all those things. I think he's done a lot with Crazy Licks, actually, so check the credits and the liner notes. Those probably, probably A lot a of
0: those song. albums were on my honorable mentions. Yeah, Crazy Licks. I haven't listened to the whole thing. Um, I also liked Crash Diet. I don't know if they've put out anything new, but that's like similar to Swedish. Yeah.
1: I think they just put a new album. I had, okay. I had a chance to do You guys out. like Reckless Love?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Another great one.
1: Reckless. Was that Oliver Twist? Was that the singer back in the day, Reckless Love?
0: Yeah, is Ollie? I, I can't remember. Ollie,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he went to Crash Diet. I think,
0: okay. At one point. Is that the guy with the mohawk? I met that guy. That
1: was Simon Cruz.
0: Okay, that was the next one. Okay, yeah, but that was a good. That's a good one. And wait, so your songs are the same from the albums? Well,
1: just yeah. I mean, I could name them. There's okay. songs from from the album, like Anthem for America by Crazy Licks. It was my song of the year because it is. It kind of is a bit of a satire of american rock you know the lyrics somebody pulled the plug around 1993 was one of the lyrics basically saying like come on america like get it together here when it comes to melodic hard rock so right now we we depend on people from scandinavia to provide our over the top 80s metal sound so
0: i love it no that's good so all right so that's all your songs and uh, albums all right, that's so let's
2: you got, let's, them, all. You got them all. Let's du- move just on. to them in your face.
0: Okay, let's move on to uh, interview your favorite interviews of the year. So, Clint, um, some of the ones like you know, I I went through your list and saw all the people you've interviewed, and I've listened to a lot of these too. But like. You're, I listened to your, uh, today I was just listening to the Joey, Al- you had Joey Allen on, you've had actor David Duchovny, which you helped me get, and I appreciate that, Tracy Guns, which is, he's kind of hard to get sometimes, you had JJ uh, French and D Snider from Twisted Sister, Jack Blades from Night Ranger, you've had some great guests, but who, which ones stood out to you?
1: Uh, well, probably Johnny Rod, uh, ex-Wasp, that's, the the, the the I've interviewed him twice, and it is absolutely, You talk about, like, David Lee Roth, you can't reel in. Johnny Rod is the crazy, you don't know who he's going to show up with. He's got some dentist from Colorado that he's writing songs with, and he's on the (laughs) the podcast, and it was insane. So it's supposed to be my favorite, probably not, but the one that, like, I let get off the rails the most, that was it. But I listen to to shows all the time. Actually, Rob, it's crazy you're here because we had Lisa Wilcox. I'm a huge Nightmare on Elm Street fan, love 80s horror. We had her on for, like, 10 seconds, and the Zoom call dropped, And then I saw you had her on earlier, I think this year on your podcast, Lisa Wilcox, the great Vixen, uh, Scream Vixen from Nightmares 4 and 5. That's a great one. Chuck, some of the stuff you've done. Oh my God. I loved the Phil Lewis interview. Uh, We helped you get Chris Warren, great Seattle, former Seattle Seahawk. And I just listened to Ted Nugent with Joe Rogan. If you have three hours, you know I think he just did one with you too Dave right so we're trying to get him on for the spring he's got a new album coming up but that one with Joe Rogan Ted Ted usually does all the talking right but in this case like he actually conversates with Joe so that's yeah. a rarity
0: Yeah no that was an interesting one for sure yeah Uh Rob let's see like some of the ones that I remember Chips Enough Dame, Damon Johnson Stephen Piercy. Andy Timmons, this one pissed me off because I've been trying to get him. I'm trying to get anybody from Danger Danger. And I was like, then I saw that he did your show. I'm like,
2: well, the Andy Timmons one was weird. I've been trying to get him for a while. Yeah. And then he just dropped me an email and said, I'm free in like an hour.
0: That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, though I think my favorite one that you did was the Robbie Crane, another guy that I was talking to, and then it was actually around the same time, and then he did yours, and I was like, "Message me, yeah." Yeah, I was like, "Fuck, all right, I'll listen to this," and I was like, listening, I was like, "Oh, this is fucking so good, damn it!" I was so pissed, but (laughs) and then you had
2: so
1: often, it's great. You've had him on? No, I just mean you see people that
0: you're like, I just had this
1: person on, or I tried, and then they, they they. See, I thought I was being so
0: smart. I was like, nobody's going to want to have Robbie Crane on because he's like kind of like he's been in Rat and Vince Neil. And uh, I think he's in Warrant now. He's in like every band, but he's always like kind of as a bass player. He's in the background. I'm like, nobody will think of that. And then like (laughs) he started ignoring me. And then I saw that. he And then Rob dropped his episode
2: that you messaged me like, holy shit, I've got him (laughs) coming out. Yeah, no,
0: that was a great. But what was your favorite one that you did, Rob? Um,
2: I picked two. I did one just recently, which Clint might like if he's an Iron Maiden fan. I had Blaze Bailey on. Yeah. Repl- and he was he's a so, good one. He was so good, so entertaining. And is it it's weird? You can probably agree, like these people who you perhaps don't know that much about or you don't know what it's gonna be like, but you can tell as soon as that Zoom call clicks the first sentence, he's like, This is gonna be a good one straight away. And it was one of those. Um, so that yeah. was great fun. He's and,
1: interesting. He's like a big
2: sci-fi fan, so it like yeah. goes in all these directions. Huh. Yeah. And that was a great one. Just so much fun. And that's I another one I got God. turned
0: down, by the way. Just to... <laughs>
2: really, Chuck?
0: <Yeah>. Damn it! <laughs> I know. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and I spent. I, I with... tell Chuck. I kind of coached Chuck a little bit. I'm like, did you ask a second time? Did
0: that's how I got Stephen Piercey. I asked him like 18 yeah. times. I was like do my podcast, do my podcast. And finally, like his uh, tour manager, or publicist or girlfriend, or whoever she is, she's like, oh, okay, I guess we'll do it. Wife,
3: wife. show some respect. Wife. Uh, is it, it wife? Okay, I mean, shit. Sorry. Yeah. With some of these people, you will learn over time that like, let's say you want to talk to Chris Jericho. The wrestling publicist says no. The Fozzie band publicist says no. The manager says no. That doesn't mean it's over. There's right. still other avenues. <laughs> yeah,
0: There's, yeah. He's he's got his new vitamin water that you're going to find that publicist.
3: Right. I can't tell you how many interviews I've gotten through the tequila company, the food company, etc. <laughs> yeah. The book, the book
0: publisher. That's a good one. That's publisher. Good.
3: The the tour publicist, which might be different from all that. The acting agent publicist. You, you have to go all the angles, and that's how sometimes you get these things. So, if you see, hey, Piercy's got a new thing, you think, okay, let's go first to Top Fuel. Top Fuel says no. Frontiers Records, they say no. Okay, have we tried anyone in his band? No. Have we tried the rat people? No.
0: You just <laughs> yeah. look with. But do they actually people. say no? Because I just get ignored. It's just, it's like high school yeah. all over again. It's like it's asking ghosting. girls out for a date, and I just it's ignore
2: it all the day.
0: Yeah. Anyways, okay, sorry, we got off on a way big topic. So, Blaze Blaley was the one. Who's the other one?
2: Wednesday, 13. Oh, that's another
0: one I got denied on.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, because he's, he's friends with uh, Napalm
2: Records. Natalie okay.
0: Camillo. I should try that. Yeah. Because I know he's friends too. with uh, Ray uh Belcher, yeah. Early Ray. And I had Early Ray on and he, he, was, he was in that great, band. So. And so, yeah.
2: So what was... Wednesday what, it was cool. It was just like, I don't think we hardly spoke any music whatsoever. It was just all horror films and toys. Mm-hmm. And oh. I could have just gone on and on and on. It was awesome.
0: That's Everything. very cool. I have to listen to that one and the Blaze one. Then that that sounds amazing. Cool. All right, uh, Darren. Uh, God, you you're freaking list. I can't even read all these people, but some of them, the Ted Nugent. I started that one. You guys had such a good rapport. He's like joking with you, like right off the bat. That one I got to finish that. I, I watched the Rogan one with Ted Nugent. It was amazing. Uh, your are one with Jason Biggs was so good. I'm so jealous of that one. And I watched it and it was a really good interview. And so, and then God, you've had some of these I haven't watched, but they, I mean, I just seen the names like you, G Malmsteen and Dennis DeYoung and like G- Gilby Clark, who I tried to get. And then he told yeah. me to my face, he's like, I'm not doing any more podcasts. So lucky that you got that one. You got Perry Pharrell from Jane's addiction. Uh, amazing. So which, but well, which ones are your favorites?
3: Today, uh, second time, bring this one up today. Uh, the Joss stone one I I did, which I haven't put out yet. Mm. if, as long as I'm not hallucinating, I think it went really well. And she was one of the Hmm. greatest people I've ever spoken with. Wow. Yeah. I had no idea what to expect on that. She's such an honest, nice patient person who gets it. Uh, Yesterday I spoke to a comedian, Gary Goldman. He's had a couple of comedy specials, like four. he has a book coming out and a Hulu show. He was a blast. Biggs was great. I slipped in a David Lee Roth question at him. Of course, Uh Uh, Nugent, I slipped in a couple of daily Roth questions (laughs) and then blabbermouth picked it up. And I I freaked out because they picked up a negative thing that he said about Roth. Of course. Oh God. I know. And so I reached out to Ted's assistant who he's had for over 20 years, which is a sign that he's not this nightmare human being. If you keep the same assistant for 20 plus years, You might publicly want it to be known that you're rough to deal with, like Gene Simmons, who's nice when the camera goes off. But in the case of Nugent, I'm like, hey, I'm so sorry. I did not mean to get this clickbait out there. I'm really apologize. Not my intention. She's like, no, that's awesome. You want to talk with him again in March? Like, oh.
2: (laughs) (laughs) they want that some people some people
0: do yeah some people get re- i've gotten people like I unfollow think me
2: Clark put the brakes on because someone did some clickbait. that's what he told
0: headlines. me yeah because i saw i went yeah. to go see him and my friend's like oh you should go hit him up and ask him to do your show because i've sent so many uh, messages to his instagram to his publicist and uh yeah he just told me flat out he goes i'm done with podcasts he's like i'm sick of the clickbait thing and i was like well, I guess uh, if you got one while you got it, then uh, good good for you. But if you've missed it, he's never doing them again, supposedly. So, He know. was
3: a pleasure to speak with, but you really have to come at him with questions that he has not been asked a thousand times. If you ask him about produc- production techniques and guitar tone, he actually opens up and cares. But hmm. the second that you say the words guns and roses, kind of like Tracy guns, uh, good luck.
0: Oh, shit. Okay. Good to know. I definitely would have asked him about that for sure. (laughs) But I actually really like his solo stuff too. So that's what I wanted to interview him, but that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. That
3: swag album is awesome.
0: The first one Pawn Shop guitars is like, I mean, that's in my top albums of all time. I think it's just, I put that like ad nauseum again. It's like one of those ones I just kept listening to over and over again. And everyone, I played that when I'd be playing that song in the car, or something people would be like, what is it? Who is this? What is it? Like, I think it was really underrated. So sure. yeah, for me, uh, were you done, Darren? Or was there more?
3: There's always more, but oh. Chuck, <laughs> you,
0: you do. Okay. It. All right. I was just going to say for me, God, I had so many, I mean, I feel like it's just like, it's like, I think we can all agree. Like it, most of these people are just so cool. It's hard to like, pick, it's like yeah. picking your children. Cause it's just like every interview, is really fun. But um, if I went like chronologically almost, I think like Devin Bronson, that was a fun one because he, he's a guitarist for uh, Sebastian Bach and I'm a big Sebastian Bach fan, obviously. And also like, I don't think he's done a lot of interviews. So there's a lot of like cool stories i would never heard before. And he was a guitarist for Avril Lavigne too. So there was stuff about that. Um, Adam Hamilton, that was another one that was kind of under the radar, but he That's was LA Guns. One. And I still, it's funny, like every few months I'll get some comment on YouTube. I love Adam. Like people just love him. He's like just so nice and beloved. And uh, same with Ace Von Johnson, another LA Guns guy that was just, people love him. And I got to meet him in person. Super cool guy. Uh, Sam Bam Colton from Faster Pussycat. Also just super nice guy. Super talented young guy. John Karabi though, that was like, That was surreal because I was a huge crew fan. Even that, uh, I could feel
2: the excitement in your Facebook posts.
0: Yeah, it was. It that one was (laughs) surreal, and uh, he was so nice. (laughs) And I think also one of my favorites, like I think it was actually just a really good interview, was the Joey Allen Warrant one because I really just did my homework on that, and I I didn't even have to do a lot of that stuff. I already knew, but. I mean, I, I I dug up some really good stories, and uh, that was just I think we just had like a good rapport. He was like a really good storyteller, and I know you've had him on your show many times, Clint. But uh, he's yeah, that's so a not, he's a great guy. Yeah. yeah, that was really fun. So yeah, and I, I've enjoyed a lot of as many of your of your guys interviews as I can as I can watch. Yeah, there's same. just like there's so many freaking podcasts out there now. But uh, you guys are I mean you're three of the best. That's why I had you on the show. So oh,
1: Chuck, <laughs> you're you're awesome, man. Do you, do you guys think that there's are there too many podcasts out there? Does it make it harder or easier to to get guests? And does it make does it make the exclusivity lower because they kind of filter them around? And the you know it's hard. I don't know. What what do you guys think? That's about a
0: great story? question. No, that is an absolutely great question. I uh, I do think there's a, a little bit too many, but I think a lot of it was started because of the pandemic and people were bored and they were just doing something as a hobby. And I think it, it seems to have petered out a little bit. I don't think there's as many new ones popping up. And I think some of the ones that did pop up, have kind of died off.
1: Yeah.
3: You might be right. I, I'm 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 ag- in agreement with what Chuck just said. I think a lot of people make those first five episodes because they've told everyone at the bar that they're going to do a podcast. Yeah, you really should. You've got a great voice. You should do right. a podcast. And they don't realize the hard work it is to do that mm-hmm. first episode. You have to have the domain, the back end, the logo, mm-hmm. et cetera. They get it done. They're like, okay, this second one's easier. The third one, fourth one oh, I'm out of favors to cash in because (laughs) now people are going to ask for my metrics and my listenership. Oh, geez. Or like, wait, so I don't have ads? I'm not making money at this? And they kind of quit. So it's one of those things, if you keep hanging on and you keep having great relationships and you have the drive and you want to do it, you keep doing it. But I don't think that most people have that drive that I get from from you three, who I respect highly and great Mm -hmm. data.
2: I'm just hey, hoping Darren. that people who ask for my stats don't divide them by how many episodes I've done because it doesn't look as impressive. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that's it. It. Oh, yeah. I've got like thirty thousand streams and downloads. Right. Just don't divide it by
1: how many episodes. Yeah, I, I mean, do you guys? I mean, this may be. I don't know. This might. This might have to be an off-the-record. Do you? Do you ever fudge fudge the numbers up a little bit if you try to get a big interview and just throw out a number and see what happens? Have you ever done it? Not, not yet. But <laughs> I might do. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did. I did in the early days when it was like nobody. You know, there wasn't a lot of interview right. stuff out there. It was just like I don't know, it's thirty thousand people. I don't know, whatever.
0: Well, the what, thing okay. that I I wouldn't say that I I here's what I do. I will say like uh, I could you can use the Blabbermouth and say I've been right. featured on Blabbermouth and yeah, this Blabbermouth good. has like two million or million point five uh, right. whatever it is followers. And it's very likely that, you know, this episode would end up on there. Like if it's a musician such as a rock musician or something, but so I don't know. I mean, yeah, I don't really fudge. The, I mean, cause the thing is, is with YouTube is they can look a lot of times they can see approximately what you're getting per episode. And then you can, I mean, you kind of do the math with the audio and it's probably close. Although some of my audio ones are in the thousands right? and they will right. be like, not nowhere near that on their, the YouTube, but then some of us, the YouTube's in the thousands and the audio isn't. So, I mean, you just never know.
1: Zoom, Zoom makes it kind of ambiguous, you know, before 2020 or so, I, I didn't do like any, any videos really. So this has kind of made it ambiguous. I always kind of say, oh, I just kind of throw that up there. And, you know, most, you know, the podcast has been around for eight years. So people listen before they go find it to watch. I don't know. It's kind of muddied the waters a little bit with, with the video stuff.
3: Uh For me, it's a different kind of scenario because my stuff goes in multiple places. So things it it goes on my podcast feed and my YouTube, but I also have a show that airs on 30 plus channels a week. So I have that, and then I have a couple of outlets like the Jewish Journal and the Hype Magazine, which is more of an urban kind of thing. So I go with my uh, my interviews and go, well, it's going to appear here, here, and here. Hmm. And the blabbermouth is the gravy on top or the icing, frosting, whatever food analogy you want to use. Uh, Gravy, (laughs) frosting, ketchup, (laughs) whatever. Yeah,
2: sauce.
0: (laughs) The special sauce. The special sauce. Yeah. All right. No, that's... (laughs)
3: That's, so I don't fudge the numbers. I just more go like, "Hey, it's too much work to add up all that."
0: Stuff. Oh, that's a go good on. line. I might have to. I might have to steal that line. Yeah, I've. i, I got it's in so many places. There's so many numbers. I couldn't even. It'd be too much math. Like yeah, that. too
3: yeah. much math, bro. Yeah, you say the bro, and then they take you more seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: gonna remember that. During... Right. Well, so are there any good? Um, I'll start with this one of the concerts. Um. I saw guns N' roses with a mammoth opening. That was amazing. I saw a local band called the black moods here. Uh, we saw them in Mexico. That was amazing. Great we band. saw them like three times. Uh, I've seen steel Panther more times than I can count. I saw him once this year with a new bassist. and I just saw John Karabi and Oh my God, John Karabi. He sounds like he's 22. He doesn't sound like he's aged at all in terms of his vocals, vocal abilities. So those were my best concerts that I've seen this year. What about you guys? I had to
2: go through my phone diary. To see, oh, really? I, Do you see a lot yeah, of shows? No. Oh, I, I was trying to remember what shows I've been to because I think things opened up in the states a lot sooner. Okay. Than I did in the UK, so I could only pick three shows, and I think I've only been to four. Wow. <laughs> so my, I went to a festival in the summer called Stone Dead, which is a really great festival, and there was a band called Terrorvision who were like an English institution. I don't know if any of you guys have heard of Terrorvision before. Yeah. Um, they stole the show. I mean, they awesome. They broke. Def Leppard kind of broke them. Um, hmm. They were like a good. They were a band who were doing the local scene in the early nineties. I think when Adrenalize came out, Def Leppard had them open their Don Valley Stadium gig in Sheffield, and that was kind of what sent Terravision through the roof. And but they're such a great band. I had so many hit singles in the UK, and they came on at this Stone Dead festival and just floored everybody. Oh. It was like next level stuff. For a band that's been around for 25 years, and yeah, it was a masterclass. So that was a great gig. Uh the band who I mentioned earlier, LeBrock they did a tour, which was kind of weird seeing it because there's only two guys in the band: front man, then a guy on keyboards and also plays guitar. So it's kind of a weird dynamic if you're used to seeing a full band, but it's kind of cool as well. So that was a good one. And the only other one I could pick, I went to see Youngblood. Earlier this year, I don't know if you guys have heard of Youngblood. But I, I, I
3: got to interview him uh, earlier in the year. Youngblood How was that? Was awesome. The the nice. I was so in fear of him, like, oh he's going to make fun of me. He was like the nicest. Yeah. I thought he was going to be like Liam Gallagher in the interviews because oh. that's the kind of the vibe he gives off.
2: <laughs> no. Yeah. So I'm, my wife wants. She's a big fan, and we went to that gig, but I didn't enjoy it. So it's not in my top gigs. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I've actually been to a gig tonight. I went to see the wild arts about five hours ago and wow. that was pretty good. So the wild hearts,
0: <laughs> the wild arts. Okay. Yeah. yeah I want to, I need to like learn more about that band. I keep seeing that name, but I don't, I'm not super familiar. I got a lot of homework to do after this yeah, episode. It's, it's so a, like a deep yes.
2: dive though. The wild arts is, there's a lot of stuff. Lot they have a kind
0: of a cult following though, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, let's go next. Go, go somebody, Darren.
3: Okay. Yeah. Darren, come on. Well, kind of like what Rob was saying, here in New York, things didn't really open up until June. The Mm. first gig that we had here, I think, was The Strokes playing a benefit for New York City mayor. And then the next day, Kiss was at Tribeca Film Festival. So at the beginning, it was really limited. So I didn't go to a lot of gigs in 2021. But the best thing that I probably saw, it's a tie. It's either Ann Wilson from Heart played this club Mm. gig at this venue called City Winery. And she's... Mind-blowingly awesome. Another thing is just impromptu. Before I went to see this cover band that has members of Trickster in it, <laughs> um, I'm uh, jealous. I walked to the Blue Point Brewery, which is a, a what's that brewery. Rubik's Cube or something? Yes, that is Rubik's Cube. Yeah, yeah good
0: I'm one. Trickster. That was great. Wow, that's impressive, <laughs>
3: uh, you, Rob. You know a lot. We we just walked <laughs> to this local brewery called Blue Point, which is fantastic, and this polka band was playing called the Polka Brothers, and they were so good. We went to see them (laughs) two months later at another brewery, and they were playing covers, but they were changing to a polka tempo in the chorus, (laughs) and so they kept screwing up the time signatures a little bit, changing from the verse to the chorus. It was so entertaining that the mistakes made it better than just about anything I saw, better than Corn, better than Megadeth, et cetera.
0: Wow. Okay. I think we yeah, just yeah. lost our street cred here talking about polka, but no, that's <laughs> funny. Cause I, I, there's a, my old mining town here in Arizona called Bisbee. And one time we went there and we saw these two guys and they were like a 1920s, like, hello, hello. my honey. Hello. My dog. But they were doing like pop songs and it was fucking amazing. It was the that's coolest awesome. thing I've ever seen. Cause it's so unique and it was, they're really good. They nailed it. But yeah, no, I like that kind of stuff too. That's cool. Clint.
1: Oh man, I my summer started off with uh Sticks and Speed Speedwagon. So we went back to some classic great bands to see live still to this day. Um Garth Brooks was in a stadium here at Arrowhead Stadium, which you know, which is kind of funny to talk about Garth Brooks a, on a podcast like this, but maybe talk about a guy that crosses all bounds and yeah. um just an enigmatic performer. And it was uh the last stadium gig he did before he canceled all the rest of them and then re- and now He's got another one, uh, another run coming. But I saw Wart and Firehouse at a at a festival, a barbecue <laughs> festival in Hannibal, Missouri, which is the home of Mark Twain. Cool little small town here in Missouri, and they had this little rib festival that you know the kind of shows that people would joke about, like on message boards and stuff. And this was awesome, um, and I, I don't know, it was just uh, it, it's 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 been an interesting. One. I saw sl- uh, Slaughter. And the Great White together, so it was kind of a, a hodgepodge and kind of uh, reacclimating to the concert-going life that I once had, and hopefully that uh, 2022 sees that uh, grow exponentially. We got an Iron Maiden tour coming into the U.S. Uh, up here. We might have the Stadium tour 2022. It's gonna be uh is gonna be fun. And uh we'll start it off with Darren and I with David Lee Roth on New Year's Eve, I guess.
0: Yeah. So hey. that, yeah, we got David Lee Roth. Like you said, you guys White You
1: are invited, by the way.
0: Oh, yeah, that'd be amazing. Uh I think also the the White Snake is doing a farewell tour and um Tom Key. I just saw this today. I think actually I think LA Guns. Yeah, Tom Key for LA Guns and Faster yep. Pussycat. Yep. And then what about um albums? Is there anything that you guys are looking forward to Ooh. new music coming? I know Guns N' Roses has an EP, although I think they've already released the songs, but I think also supposedly Ugly Kid Joe might have a new album, Ooh, Dangerous Toy, nice. Skid Row, Faster Pussycat, Sebastian Bach, maybe Metallica, maybe Winger, maybe Jane's, I think Jane's Addiction has something coming out too, or is there anything else that you guys are looking forward to?
3: The new Pat Boone album is going to be... No, is he still alive? <laughs> Him I actually did interview a couple of years ago. That was the first thing that came to mind.
0: He did there, that there. Metals cover album. That was kind of funny.
3: Yeah, that actually had Dweezil Zappa and Greg Bisson had a lot of cool players on it. Did, Sweet, did that come out in the UK, Rob? Was that ever on your radar? Pat Boone in a metal mood?
0: No, I've not heard of that one. Look it I up. Love it's me some funny. Some
2: Dweezil Zappa, so I'll have to look at.
0: Yeah, that. he sings. He, he's a crooner, and he sings the. But he sings like Ozzy and all these metal songs in a crooner style. It's kind of. It's, it's kind like, of funny. I'm it's like William Shatner. You,
3: uh, it, it's like your Cliff Richard. No. now Cliff Richard never made it here in the States. There, <laughs> right. There's that lit, like status quo, never made it here yeah, in the yeah. States. Pat Boone was that first Americana, okay, boys and girls kind of pre-rock oh, and roll thing. And he did a metal album in 97, 98. That's like Alice Cooper, Deep Purple, Judas Priest.
2: Oh, let check that out.
3: You don't know if it's the best or worst thing you've ever heard.
2: <laughs> Been there. <laughs>
1: New Scorpions next year too. New Scorpions. Oh
0: really? I didn't hear about that one. Okay.
1: Yeah, singles cool. Yeah, was decent, pretty good.
0: That's right. Because I, I think I did see something. Because I was trying, I was thinking maybe trying to get one of them on here on my show.
1: Uh, Ted Nugent, Ted Nugent, Detroit Muscle.
0: Yeah. No. Yeah. That's that's right. Because yeah, that's why he's doing all the shows for the yeah for the album. That makes sense. So
1: there'll be some good ones. Excited to see
0: what uh, we don't even know about yet. There'll be something pop up that you're just Mm -hmm. like, what? Yeah. Well, this has been a lot of fun, guys. Yeah. If, is there anything else I missed? Any other concerts or anything else you want to mention or give anyone a shout out? Or, Of course, everyone check out all these respectable podcasts that I oh, listen guys. to. No, it's oh. just been very cool to hang out for 90 minutes. It's been great. Yeah, it's been fun. And uh, I always end with a charity, and I, I thought I'd just pick it. I just thought, let's just do Save Our Stages so if people have some extra nice. money they want to throw, That's they could awesome. throw a few bucks that way. I think that makes sense for this episode, so...
2: Very
0: Certainly, cool, man. Love yeah. That. All right. Well, this has been fun, guys. Keep in touch, and uh maybe we'll do it again next year.
2: Love Thanks, it. Chuck. Cheers, Chuck. All thank right. You. See you guys See later.
0: Guys. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening, and thank you to Rob, Clint, and Darren. It's been a hell of a year, guys, but uh, we almost made it. It's almost over. Uh, or if you're listening to this uh after the initial release, it, it is over, and uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did. Please make sure to subscribe to all of our YouTube channels. Again, the links are below in the show notes. And if you've already subscribed to all the YouTube channels, then the next step would be to share this episode on social media. And I'm sure uh, Rob, Clint, and Darren are going to share it. And so that, and I'll share it. That's four shares. Let's see how many shares we can get for this thing. That's, that's a fun game to play, right? Let's go for 100. Let's try to get 100 shares on this episode Let's see how many people we can get to watch. it. I think it would be fun. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day. And remember, shoot for the moon.